welcome to another episode of Bucolic Diaries with me, your host, Rebecca Palmer. I'm a mum of two and the founder of Colic SOS. Going through the misery of colic myself, I went from being a city lawyer to a colic expert. Throughout this mini-series, mums will share their stories with us, giving advice, tips and above all else, hope that this too shall pass. I am very excited to say that today's podcast episode has been brought to you by the sponsor, Colic Calm. Now, Colic Calm is the number one selling bright water in the US for infant colic and gas relief, and it's becoming really popular over here in the UK as well. It's helped over a million babies worldwide. This fast acting remedy combines eight safe and effective homeopathic remedies that gently encourage a baby's body to heal itself by targeting colic symptoms and providing fast acting relief. Now colic calm eases baby's discomfort, often associated with gas, colic, hiccups and teething. It's paediatrician recommended and completely free of sugar and synthetics like sodium bicarbonate and semeticone. It's also wheat free, soy free, dairy free, gluten free and also free from herbal oils and extracts. And it doesn't contain any animal products. And a big one for me as well is it's palm oil free too. So you can feel confident that your little one is receiving a safe and gentle remedy. I'm now joined by Hannah, who has two little girls. So welcome, Hannah, to the podcast. Hello. So tell us about yourself and your girls. So I'm Hannah and I've got um, two girls. I've got Evelyn and she's five. And then I've got Eleanor, who's seven months. Uh, Eleanor was born during the um, first lockdown um a few days into it so that that itself was quite different to to Evelyn um both have been very different babies very different pregnancies and births um I think I knew during my pregnancy with Eleanor that she was going to be a bit different um and that Evelyn was very textbook um apart from the breastfeeding struggles we had in the beginning once Evelyn had moved on to the formula, um, we'd had no feeding issues at all. She was really straightforward, um, sleeping through from 12 weeks. Um, and yeah, I think teething with Evelyn was quite tricky, but I think now I look back now I'm going through it with Eleanor. Um, I think it just felt quite bad because I was first time mum. But Eleanor, on the other hand, um, she took to breastfeeding a lot better. But then once we moved her onto a formula, um, she was just a lot sickier um, after feeds and just gen- generally, to be honest. Um, so very different and felt a bit out of, uh, very strange for me going from Evelyn, who was very straightforward. So It sounds like Evelyn was an absolute dream firstborn. Yeah, she was. So how was that then? To go from that dream first form where you felt, you know, you knew what you would, like, I guess you knew what you were doing, even as a first time mum, she didn't throw up any curveballs. So how do you feel to go from Evelyn, who was, you know, really straightforward, to then having reflux difficulties with Eleanor? Um, I felt very anxious, to be honest, because I just kept feeling like something really bad must be wrong because I'd, I'd heard about colic and reflux from so many of the mums that had suffered with it. And I actually felt very lucky with Evelyn that we'd not had anything like that. And I, I even sometimes used to think, 
is there something wrong with her because she's just so straightforward but you know I kind of felt oh, this doesn't happen with my babies it didn't happen with Evelyn so why is it happening to Eleanor so it just felt very I just felt quite anxious about it like I, I knew I'd, I'd say to Zach oh, um I don't understand why she's been sick so much like is she actually taking any milk and he's really relaxed and chilled anyway so he was like no she's fine this is normal it's what babies do and I just kept saying well it's not what Evelyn did and now I feel really bad that I was comparing them really but you know it does it it, it makes it, I just felt very very anxious and did you feel that, that the expectation that because you'd already had a baby, you felt like you should know what you're doing the second time round? Did you kind of feel that almost like that pressure on yourself that you should know what you're doing? Yeah, I did a little bit, I think. Um, because when I mentioned it to, to like the health visitor and, and other mums as well, they were, it was just kind of like, oh, it's no big deal, just swap the milk then and go to like a comfort milk or whatever it is, like an anti-reflux milk, I don't know what they're called, but I was a bit like, well, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't feel very confident just doing it. I felt like that was a really big decision to make, switching a milk over and, if, and what might it do for a tummy if she's already struggling. And I did feel like the health visitors were a bit like, well, you've done this before, so you you know what will be more work for it. And, and I had absolutely had no idea and I felt like a first time mum again with feeding because I, I, I didn't know where to go with it. it. Just It wasn't going like it did first time at all with Evelyn. So I did feel like there was a bit, a little bit of an expectation. And, you know, when I, when I was asking, I, I suppose in myself as well, I felt a little bit silly asking the questions because I felt like, yeah, I was expected to know with me going through it before. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, like every baby is totally different, isn't it? I mean, I know from my own that they're very much chalk and cheese. Sam definitely had all these colic symptoms, yet Trudy was very refluxy. And we never really got to the bottom, bottom of it at all. But it is, it's almost like, because you're a second time mum, then, you know, you're just expected to kind of get on with it. And the kind of the support isn't as, as freely given, is it? Uh, no, and especially because of lockdown as well, it was even harder because um, I was worrying about her weight as well. Think, I mean, looking at her, she she always looked fine, and and this is what Zach used to say to me. You know, she she's filling her clothes, she's she's growing out of clothes, she's fine, and I just desperately wanted a health visitor just come and weigh, or for me to be able to go and weigh her, just to put my mind at rest. So, you know, it's. Um, it definitely was made even harder because of the lockdown and not having any health visitors come to visit or any clinics open. Um, yeah, it's so. funny, you're definitely not the first one to, to have mentioned, you know, the fact that kind of being in the, that midst of the pandemic, that the support isn't there and the kind of the, the, the drop in clinics for babies isn't there at the moment. And the whole kind of being able to wear your baby. I mean, so many mums have said to me, you know, I haven't had my baby weighed since I were born. No. Even with like reflux babies. So that whole failure to thrive is really difficult to see at the moment because, you know, those checkups just are not there. Definitely. It's, um, I've realised how much I needed those clinics from having Evelyn um, to now. And I mean, because I'm, I'm not a first time mum, it's, 
I, I'm definitely more relaxed about the weight and I do just look at her and think I know that she's fine but I, I wouldn't have been like that first time around it I, I was going to clinics like every I think every two weeks every month um, and sometimes the, the health visits are a bit, little bit like, oh, we've only seen you two weeks ago. And I'd be like, yeah, but it puts my mind at rest. I know I'm doing something right, at least. You know, she's putting the weight on. But... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what help did you get? So I spoke to the health visitor first. And I, it was after, I can't remember exactly how well she was. She was a few weeks because I kept thinking, give it time. You know, she's still new. She's still getting used to the formula. Um, and then I think it was just a routine call anyway with the health visitor and I did mention it and she said oh yeah it sounds like a bit of reflux played it real down said you know it's really normal and explained about the um, the valve or something is it that doesn't quite close properly mm -hmm. and hasn't finished developing and she just said you know if if it if it gets worse um, speak to the GP and, and they'll give you probably some Gaviscon um and 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 then um I think I spoke, that was when I then spoke to you I think because they didn't like I said if they played it down didn't didn't really do anything with it to be honest and then it, it it carried on and I started to worry more and then obviously knowing that you are an expert in colic and reflux I thought I'll, I'll speak to you and and in the end followed your advice over the health visitors um and with the because I really didn't want to use Gaviscon and, and I really didn't want to swap the milk to a, a thicker milk either because I'd read so many, heard so many bad things about um, constipation and stuff. I don't want to battle with both. Um, so, yeah, we just followed your advice. Of we, we, I remember we put books under the um, Moses basket stand so she was tilted. That helped a lot. Um, kept her upright as much as we could feeding her and baby wearing as well which she really enjoyed and really really helped um, and I did oh, I did change her milk actually as well um, which you advised we went on to a different milk um, which did help a little bit as well um, but but yeah definitely you swapped on to the hip organic, didn't you? Which is kind of more more organic, and um, it's just a little bit more easier for babies to kind of digest than um, kind of the mainstream kind of optimal burst type milks and cow and get. Sometimes a hip organic is just a little bit easier to to um, to digest, and of course, with it being organic. Um, organic ingredients it it is it is better for their tummies so it does make a difference as to what milks you've given even though all milks are kind of regulated and they, they all have to have a certain standard you think that well just you know the, the advice out there is oh well it doesn't matter what milk you use because you know they're all the same but actually some have certain ingredients included that don't quite agree with the baby so it is kind of making that really informed choice, isn't it? And having that information out there to say, right, okay, this is what's in this milk and that's gonna agree better with my baby. So a simple thing as changing your milk brand can have a huge difference. See, that wasn't mentioned either by the health visitor. They'd said about changing the milk to a, like an anti-reflux milk, but nobody ever said about the brand. Um, and I was with Aptimel because that's what I'd used with Evelyn. So I just thought, well, it worked with, with Evelyn, so it'll work this time. And 
and obviously it, it didn't really agree with with Eleanor so um yeah we went to the organic which it, it does say it's, it's it's easier on their tummies which I do think she has quite um a sensitive tummy well compared with Evelyn anyway um so yeah the milk I think we're still on the hip organic now too as well so um brilliant so yeah, so you kind of got different kind of conflicting advices from health professionals, didn't you? I mean, it was really interesting as well what you said about the, the valve, the, what we call the LAS, which is a lower esophagus valve, and the loss. But we never call it the loss, we always call it the LES, because it's the American way of spelling esophagus. Um, and we always seem to follow whatever they do at the moment. So yeah, we, we say the LES, the, the lower esophagus um, sphincter, um, which, for some reason, people think it takes a long time for it to, to mature, but actually it doesn't. By six weeks, that sphincter is kind of um, is mature enough to, to, to close and, and to work effectively. So the idea of this immature sphincter is actually wrong. And I think the more information out there and the more parents understand actually, and health visitors and other health professionals, understand reflux then it makes a massive difference because it's going to stop this conflicting information out there yeah so now we are entering into a second lockdown hannah how are you feeling uh, well i initially was really angry actually um because we had a we had a really tough time with the first one because um mostly with my with Evelyn, my oldest daughter, because she is five, so she's at school. So school finished. I mean, I actually took her out a few days before they officially closed because I was heavily pregnant. So we had that. And then Eleanor came along a few days later. Um, she was fine for like the first week or two because it was all new with this new baby. And then once it just became like, we're not really leaving the house. And, and I was really frightened as well with having a newborn. We didn't see anybody, nobody came around. She really struggled. So we had a really tough time, it was awful. But we've now learned a lot about Evelyn, to be honest, in, during that time and what we could do and what we will be doing this time to help her get through it. And also learn, we're not talking about it in front of her, just gonna try and carry on as normal, best we can. Um, it actually helps, I think, that the weather's a little bit rubbish because that's, and that's the reason why we're not going out for Evelyn and, and instead we'll we've, we've stocked up on craft things and things and the school's been open helps a massive a, a lot um, uh, for us so um definitely more positive this time Eleanor is now seven months so she's playing with Evelyn they, they Evelyn adores her um and yeah we've got a routine now as well like Eleanor's feeding she's we've fully weaned her now so she's on three meals a day so she fits in a lot with our routine so everything feels quite normal a lot more normal and probably will do um for the next month so yeah much more positive this time um oh, it definitely would help if, if sorry no no i'm so glad to hear that you, you know you're feeling positive yeah it's it would be nice if we I don't feel like I need to see a health visitor now. Um, I did do before we started to wean because that 
that with Evelyn, um, I remember going to the to the clinic for a weigh-in when she was five and a half months and her weight had sort of just stayed the same. The line hadn't gone up or anything. And the health visitor had sort of said in her own way that maybe she's ready for more. So that was, I took that lead to, to start weaning. Um, so I didn't have this time, that this time with Eleanor. But I just went with five and a half months again and we started same time as Evelyn and uh, she's doing really well. So I don't feel like I have the need for any health visitors anymore. So again, we're quite settled with everything with Eleanor. So yeah, I, I think we'll be fine. Oh, good. How is weaning going? Did it help with the reflux symptoms? A lot. Uh, in fact, her reflux definitely started to slow down before um, we got to weaning stage because, and I noticed um, because we were constantly using muslin cloths and bibs were just drenched and oh, we're going through so many um, and we, we barely use them anymore. And I, I made a comment to, to Zach, I said, gosh, I don't, I've, my muslins are still rolled up in my little caddy. I haven't used any, I said, I haven't washed any for ages. And, and, and now when we feed her her milk, her bottle, we, we could probably get away with not even using a bib, to be honest. Um, and then we started the weaning and uh, fine. She's, uh, she was a little sick yesterday, but it was because I'd picked her up really quick. And I tipped, as I, was, I went to pick something up, so I tipped her at the same time and she was a little bit sick then, but it, it was only that was my fault because I'd, I'd been driving her around. But no, other than that, she's absolutely fine. We've I think we've totally got over it now, um, which is brilliant. Oh, that's really good to hear. So with the gift of hindsight, would you change anything that you did, kind of looking back on those early days of Eleanor? Yes, there's definitely one thing. Um, as for like the um, like the breastfeed, I, I started I breastfed her for five days, first five days, and it was going really well till my milk came in, and then I struggled a little bit, and the, I didn't get any support obviously because of the, the lockdown. So, I but I wouldn't change any of that because that was completely out of my hands as well. I didn't the support wasn't there? And that's nobody else's fault. It's just the way it was, um, and all of that I wouldn't change any of that because that's the way it was, and and. And we just, um, I think we all dealt with it in the best way we could. We got, you know, we got on the best we could. Um, but the, the one thing I definitely would change is that when I was pregnant with her, I stocked up on bottles just in case, like the breastfeeding, we went from breastfeeding to, to bottles. And I've got, I, with Evelyn, I use the um, Aven, I think that's how you pronounce it, Aven, however you pronounce it, those bottles, the natural ones, and loved them. But this time I thought, oh, everybody had recommended the man bottles. Um, and I thought it was great because you didn't need the steriliser because you can just do it um, self-sterilised in the microwave. So I, I got those, spent quite a lot of money on them. And um, I fed her them from sort of five days old. And then um, I'd, I hadn't noticed and I'd been with somebody who was using the man bottles. And I made the bottle up as the NHS uh, advises with the um what hot the water on the kettle hot water on the kettle and then I stood it in I was standing it in a, a jug of cold tap water like I've, I've always done with Evelyn and um I did this whilst with with this person and they'd said oh did you not realize that you're not really supposed to do that because it the there's a there's something to do with the suction or something from with the anti-colic thing at the bottom it's 
why it's like hot. I think it sucks up water that it's stood in. And I said, no. I said, and she said, oh, well, I noticed it because my bottles were sort of getting bigger, like adding like an ounce to it. I said, oh, I've not really noticed that. So then, then I, I was really annoyed with myself and we did a test with it to see, and it did, it sucked water in at the bottom and freaked out because I thought, well, she was 12 weeks old at this point. I thought for three months, I've been feeding her bottles every day that have possibly had some tap water sucked into it. I was an absolute mess, really beating myself up, uh, rang the health visitor, rang all the NHS first, and they went through a series of questions and they'd said, you know, she doesn't sound like she's um, got like um, a tummy bug or anything from it at the minute, like, and she seems fine. Then I was worried, could it have caused any long-term effect on her? So I rang the health, it was a weekend, so I couldn't speak to the health visitor till the Monday. And when I got on the phone to the health visitor that Monday morning, I explained and she'd said same as NHS she said you know she, she sounds fine um and by this point I'd already got rid of the bottles and this is nothing against ma'am um the only thing I wished is that the packaging had had a warning on it that was a, a bigger that we'd have seen because that was it is in the instructions but it's really really small print and I'd said this to the health visitor I said I'm really annoyed at myself because I didn't read the the instruction booklet and she'd said you're a second time mum, you've bottle fed before, you know what to do with bottles, you know, you don't think to do that, which is true, that's why I never did. And um, I'd been advised just to go onto a basic bottle that you could stand in a, a jug of water to cool down, which I'd done over the weekend. And while I was telling the health visitor, she was just getting, she just left a house um, of, of a mum whose baby kept suffering from um, tummy bugs. And she said, oh, my God, she said, I need to go back. She said, she's using man bottles. This could be it. And she did. She went back and later on got in touch with me and said that this mum was really grateful that I'd passed the information on to her because now this could be explained why her, why her baby had been poorly. Um, and then I did see something on Facebook, which I shared a few weeks ago, actually, about this. Another mum had also done exactly the same as me. Um, unfortunately, her baby had suffered with a tummy bug from it and um she was she'd put a warning out there to other mums so yeah definitely for any other mums using them or planning to use them just they're brilliant like really good bottles it's just don't stand them in cold water um in a jug yeah i've seen that i've seen that quite a few times now because i use them myself um when trudy was little five years ago but yeah i think again that's one of those things isn't it to know that even as a second time mum read the instructions <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so simple but yeah don't take everything for granted because one your children are different you'll never get the same type of baby you know you'll always be different and the second one is just because you've done it before doesn't mean that it's the same yeah and also things change like it's been five years since Evelyn and I mean not a great deal's changed but this was another thing that with the weaning like I've I've pretty much done exactly the same as I did with Evelyn but we haven't been given any like with Evelyn I was given so many leaflets and flyers and information and just going to work the clinics as well about weaning they had so much information for you and um and I did a first aid course as well a baby first aid course before it and and there's been none of that this time which is fine for me because I don't that the basics haven't changed so so I know all that but for a first time mum 
I would be, if, if, if I was a first time mum now, I think I'd be quite worried and anxious about weaning because um, just, there is some, I know there's some Facebook pages I think that you can follow that have information on, but I just don't think it's the same as actually speaking to your health visitor, like personally about such a big thing. I think weaning is such a big thing um, to, you know, without all that support or something you can just go to. I think it, it, it's quite scary. I think, um, yeah, so. Yeah, it is, it's, it's, you know, big milestones, isn't it? And you just, I think what I've gathered from, you know, listening to your story, Hannah, is that support, whether it's from a partner or whether it's from, you know, health visitors, whether you're a first time mum, a second time mum or a third time mum, or, you know, a fifth time mum, it is so important to, to have that there and when it's not there like it isn't at the moment you really feel it you do and I remember seeing a lot about with being in lockdown when, when I had Eleanor everyone was saying oh it's the first time mums I really feel for and I do massively but like we've just said even when you're a second time mum you forget so much um things change like different you know there's things change with bottle feeding and, and things like that quite a lot and it's you still need to be able to speak to a professional and have that help there just in case as well it can still just be as hard no matter how many babies you've had I personally think so definitely need the support just still needs to be there um you know no matter how many you've had definitely so finally what words of advice would you have to parents who are struggling with a baby whether it's reflux colics or just you know generally a fussy baby what would be your words of advice to see you <laughs> <laughs> we're very kind um well that's what i did and i learned a lot from that um because when you when I, I was googling a lot of stuff and that well oh you can read all sorts from that and then it's hard to be, knowing what to believe and what's best and um I, I definitely found speaking to you was the most helpful even over um you also had so much time for me whereas when you when I was ringing up the health visitors and, it, and it's nothing against them it's not their fault but you also felt like a bit of a burden sometimes like they've got so many people to speak to especially because of the lockdown there's so many mums needing that help and they need to get around so many that I kind of didn't feel like they had enough time to give for me to talk to them about it, whereas you did. Um, and you were patient with trying different methods and I had loads of questions with the milk, I think in the beginning and switching over and and you just you just had the time for me and and, um, and lots of good advice. So I would, I would definitely say to, to, to come see you. <laughs> Oh, it's so kind. Thank you. Oh, Hannah, it's been such a pleasure to speak to you and to listen to your story as well. I'm sure it's going to be really helpful for mums realising actually even the second time round, it's still really hard. Definitely. Oh, thank you. Such a pleasure to hear from previous families that I've been working with and knowing how well they're doing is just wonderful. Now it's giveaway time. The winner of the third bottle of colic cam that I told you about in the last episode is ashley.lu2807 who entered via Instagram. Please Ashley, send me a DM with your details and we can get that bottle sent out to you. Thank you again to our fabulously kind sponsor who is giving away another bottle of their great water. So you guys know what you need to do. Enter the social media post that is advertising this episode, share and leave me a comment.
The winner will be announced in the next episode. Now, thanks for listening to The Kite Diaries. This is the end of this mini-series. But don't worry, I'm back next week with a brand new series where I'm going to be in conversation with various experts, bringing you the best advice for you and your baby. Thank you for joining me and listening to this podcast. Now, if you've enjoyed it, then please do share with your friends and family because everybody needs to know about Colette. So thank you for the mums who have shared their stories because without you, this would never have happened. Now, I look forward to bringing you the next episode with experts across the world bringing you their advice. Together, we will simplify Colette. For more information on Colic and my services, check out the website colicsos.com or find me on Facebook and Instagram at colicsos.